0: You, my dear, are a mint for tuning in. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Good morning, good morning. Hope you had fun staying up late. Good morning. Good morning to you and a happy new year too. Y'all, how fun is it that being your welcome Wednesday meant that for our very first holiday together, we have gotten to spend both Christmas morning and New Year's Day together. I am picturing that there are some of you that are bleary-eyed, having stayed up late, and maybe some of you are a little hungover, and you you rolled over and you got your phone and you looked at it and you were just like, how do I want to start this year? And you were like, wait a minute. There's a new You're Welcome Wednesday. Please, Hillary, have a new episode for us, and here I am. And for some of us, this might be one of the first experiences that you are having of this new decade. And so I want to tell you that I am grateful you are here, and I am honored that you are here, and I hope that I am honoring your time and attention on this beautiful, momentous, historic day with our topic today. So I recorded today's episode earlier before I left for California. And other than being on Instagram, I hope that I have had a true two-week break. It is a bit of a gray area when you work for yourself, but every year I close down my company for two weeks and I give everyone a break off so that we kind of all come back refreshed. We leave a couple people sporadically in the inbox just to make sure the lights stay on for anyone who's bought a program and has trouble logging in or whatnot. But for the most part, we try to rest, which... When you love what you do, it can get a little murky when it sort of is like, what's business? What's personal? I shared that a little bit in the week in the life episode that a lot of times there's kind of a crossover, but um, I know that I may have read books or listened to podcasts or done brainstorming, but I know that my intention was to rest because I'm going to come back tomorrow tomorrow better than ever, ready to teach my Design Your Life and Business workshops once more to kick off the new year. So I wanna help you approach your year with more joy, and less overwhelm, So I am bringing back my most popular free annual goal setting and vision casting workshop. I taught these in December, but a couple years ago, I started doing them twice a year because I think there's a certain demographic of person that in December, you're already prepping for that new year. And that is when your head is in that space and you're already starting to reflect and really look back on the year. What do I want to change? What's my word of the year? And all of that. I tend normally to fall in the latter category where I would see everyone sharing their word of the year on January 1 and I'd be like what who had time to do that like I've just been decompressing for the last week I was exhausted and through the ringer this year like give me till January 15th guys to figure out my life so I also love to do it in January for those that are like yeah I did not have all of my goals set all of my resolutions set at midnight I'm like just getting into that mindset so come hang out with me live on Thursday and Friday. There is a different spin on that annual class this year because I created the Elegant Excellence Journal. So the what we normally would cover on this call ended up being expanded times 100 once I created the journal. So what I'm doing on these is teaching things that are not in the journal. They will complement and expand upon the journal if you have that. If you don't have that, you will get just as much out of it. But you can get a seat or and or your journal when you swipe up and the links will be below. We also have a sale going on on the journal right now, so you'll want to check that out if you don't have it. And a little PSA, if you are an entrepreneur, specifically, I cannot encourage you strongly enough to come to this class. There is teaching in this class that you need as you approach your 2020 that I do not teach anywhere else. And I really want to spend this time and help you start your business off in this right way as it relates to your mindset and overcoming overwhelm and making decisions with more confidence and clarity. I think it's such an important message and another reason why I wanted to teach it for a second time. So today is a bit of a part two energetically in terms of how we think about this new year. I can find and, and feel there's a lot of pressure around goal setting, that we can have this desire to be perfect and we're going to change so many habits. And uh, we talked last week about how to historically we kind of set out all of these Things that we're going to change, we're going to do differently. We kind of make lists, and, and and I'm going to have all of these resolutions. Or you are revolting against the pressure to change a ton, and you are you feel like you always fail at the New Year's resolutions, and it never works for you, so you don't want to have to do that. So I want to share today a vision for my life that I've had over the past few months, and in full transparency, I didn't plan to share it. Like it was just something personally that happened in my life but then i had a broader perspective on it and so i felt well maybe it is more for more than just me maybe there is something that i am meant to share in this but i preface that to say that some of it is tied deeply for me to my faith and so that might resonate a little bit differently for you i know not everyone shares that and so it's not something that i traditionally share a lot about but i'm just going to share from the heart and trust that it will hit you in the way that is meant to apply in your own life so Uh, If you are familiar with Myers-Briggs, it's a personality type test. I am an ENFP, and the last two letters, you're either a J or a P. To sum it up, I would say that a J prefers structure, and a P craves spaciousness. So if you like the same routine every day and you are more type A in that way, you are more of a J. If the idea of doing the same thing every day makes you feel sad and what you love about your job is that it's different every day you are probably more of a p. So I love that spaciousness and freedom. And yet, culture tells us in so many ways that we need to be a j. And there is wisdom in that. Obviously, my business needs to have a lot of structure in order for it to work. I need to be on top of my finances in order to be wise about them. But I remember back when I first moved to New York a million years ago, my best friend Monica and I, who's still one of my dear friends today, we lived together with our friend Ryan and in this like, fourth floor walk up in Hell's Kitchen across the street from where Jon Stewart's The Daily Show filmed. And we had mice in our apartment. I may have said this before. And the floor was so thin, we could smell the smoke from our neighbors beneath us um, smoking. And we could like shout at them through the floor because we were friends with them to be like, come up. Um, anyways, it was a glorious, magical time of my life living in Hell's Kitchen with um, no money and mice. But um, during that time, I specifically remember that I made Monica and I these pieces of paper that said, Hillary's becoming a perfect person. I said, Monica's becoming a perfect person. And it was a chart of all the things we were going to do. I was going to stretch this many times a day. I was going to practice German this many times a day. She and I had studied abroad in Germany. So that was my language at the time. Um, I was going to practice my voice lessons, like a, a myriad of different things. And I would, literally would give us gold stars as we accomplished these things. So. Needless to say, that did not go over very well, but I know that we need this structure in our lives, and yet that chart is kind of how I see goal setting a lot of times, or New Year's resolutions, or habits, or change. I can get into, I'm trying to check off every box, and when I look at the end of the week, there's a star chart. How many stars did I have? Did I have enough stars that I can be proud of myself? And that energy doesn't feel good to me. And you know, one of the reasons that I created a mastermind for fellow entrepreneurs in terms of having a group of people to kind of walk through 2020 with is that I find for a lot of entrepreneurs, but this will apply to a lot of you as well, that we struggle with discipline because there is so much of our lives in which we need to exert so much self-willpower. Maybe you feel like you exert so much self-willpower as a mom, as you maintain your patience and you maintain your calm and you've worked so hard on your willpower and your discipline throughout the day that once you put the kids to bed at night at 8 o'clock, you're like, I need wine. I need sugar. I need you know tons of hours on social media. Like I just don't have any bandwidth anymore to do the things. Or you, you, know, you have a really intense job and so you're exerting all that willpower throughout the day. And you just have no willpower when it comes to the things in your personal life because you're so drained and depleted. So I find for entrepreneurs, this is so true. There is so much self-willpower that it takes to get out of bed and do what you need to do and no one is telling you to do these things. But then when it comes to just like the simplest task of something that I need to do in my personal life, I just have to say to Jeremy like, Will you please hold me accountable? Will you please hold me accountable? Like, I just don't have any more willpower to go. And so, when I think about goals and growth, I need balance. It can't be all exerting willpower and structure and rigid. I just don't have the energy for that. I don't want that energy in my life. It feels exhausting and depleting. And it also just feels unsustainable. Like, I could only push and hustle for so long but it's not the way to live a life. So I need that structure. But on the other side of it, to balance it out is what's the story, the feel, the vibe that I'm going for? So a few months ago, I was listening to the author, Rachel Hollis, and I can't remember what it was that she said, what specific exercise she was walking people through. But I think it may have been from a Tony Robbins convention where there was some exercise about declaring a word over yourself. Anyhow, as Rachel's giving this exercise and charge for people, she shares that when she was at this Tony Robbins conference and he, he gave this exercise, the word that came up for her, rose up for her, was mogul. That, that's, that's who she was or that's who she was becoming. She was a mogul. And it kind of hit her like, whoa, that word feels big that word feels intense. Where did, that, where did that word come from? That's not how I've seen myself. That's not how I've defined myself. That word feels big. I don't, I don't feel like I am worthy of that word yet. I don't feel like I'm at that level. And the moment that she said that word for her, the word that rose up for me was royal. And I thought, whoa, that word feels big. That word feels expansive. Royal. What does that mean? That didn't, in the same way that it hit her that she didn't know mogul was a word that was floating around for her, I didn't know that royal was for me. And as I said earlier, I didn't intend to share this word when it came up. It was a private moment and it does tie into my faith. So I'm just going to share honestly without imposing my beliefs on anyone, but let you find how it hits and resonates with you, what does feel true for you. So in Christianity, we talk about God as a father. He is the, the father of the earth. And we talk about him as a king, like the, the ruler of the earth, the creator of the earth. And our women's ministry at church is called Daughters. So I personally do have a vision that if I am a daughter of a king, if I have the ability to talk to God, pray to him, if he has good plans for my life, if I believe that his plans are better for my life than my own and my own ideas that I've come up with, if he answers prayer, if he can give me what I need, that I have access. I am empowered. I'm called. I'm anointed. I have favor, not over anyone else, but available to me, confidence available to me that I might not be taking because I don't see myself in that way. If I see myself as weaker, less able, less worthy, not invited, then I don't lean into and show up for and and embody and wear what is rightfully mine. So a few weeks ago, I shared about confidence and said, again, vulnerably that, for me this awareness that i haven't been confident enough and that was really something i feel convicted about heading into the new year i even talked about it back in july when i did the podcast entitled i owe you an apology i talked there about uh, realizing a lack of confidence in myself as a leader in my business and i shared a few weeks ago that to me that was really saying i'm i'm not confident enough in myself which really means i'm not confident in God, which for you could be the universe or a higher power or energy supporting you. But if you believe there is something kind of supporting you and championing you, then the confidence can be not as like I'm amazing, my like my hands on my hips and my shoulders back, and I'm just the bee's knees, and I can do anything. Because Beyoncé told me girls rule the world. Um, and this is for men as well. But instead, it's like No, I am confident that there is something that called me here, that brought me here. I am confident that there is a purpose to my life and to the world, and and I can have a confidence in that. So we talked about that further in an episode a couple weeks ago. You might want to go back and re-listen to it. But in addition to that, there's a song at church that we sing that has the refrain, I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. And I have listened to that song more than any other on repeat for the last couple years, maybe, like maybe like the last year and a half. And I've just thought about that a lot. And in this in this new word of royal, I thought, if I see myself as royal, if who I'm told I am is a daughter of the king, if who I'm told I am is royal, how does that change things? Like, Think if, if you, like in a fairy tale that, you know, my niece might might read, if you were told all of a sudden tomorrow, if you found out that you had royal lineage, you know, again, if the phrase, I'm a daughter of a king doesn't resonate with you in the spiritual sense, just go, go and play with that. What if I was a daughter of the universe? Or what if someone just told me, came and told me that I have royal lineage and that's what I discovered? And then I just heard at Christmas service a new song that has that same line, but one that follows. And it says, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. And I was like, who wrote this song for me? (laughs) Like, have you been reading my diary? Have you been listening to the You're Welcome podcast? Because this one phrase that had already resonated with me about my identity, and here I've been talking about confidence, and I've been talking about being royalty, and now we are talking about being crowned with confidence, so that, my friends, is what it means for me to be royal. How do I see myself if I am wearing a crown of confidence as I walk through my life, my days, my decisions? How would I show up differently? Now, equally deep is I think of Amal Clooney, <laughs> George Clooney's wife. Um, I am forgetting what her maiden name used to be. But I think that royal came to me in part Back in episode 33, I shared a a beautiful podcast episode where I'm walking you through questions to unlock your dreams. And one of them that I had come up with was, who has your dream life? And what is it about their life that resonates? If you just think, you know who I think has a magical life is so-and-so. And people that came up for me were Amal Clooney, Meghan Markle, and... Gwyneth Paltrow in their own ways or for their own reasons. But when I think about, there is something in them to me that seems regal. Only Meghan has actually literally married into royalty. But when I picture all three of those women, would they ever be afraid to text someone? Would they ever think, oh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't ask that of them. Or I don't know if they'd want to hear from me. You know, Have I texted too much? Like, Think of just the little thoughts that go through your head. Would a mall Clooney be wondering if she should text Brad Pitt? No, she would just text Brad Pitt. <laughs> I don't know who she would text. But would she wonder if she should text this high-ranking official? Would she wonder if she should text someone that she met at a party that she thought seemed lovely? Would she have wondered if she should walk up to someone at a party? Would she have thought, well, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to say, or oh, I probably don't look good enough, or you know, they, they probably don't want to talk to me? Um, would she be afraid to ask a question in a meeting? Would she think, I don't probably have enough knowledge or I probably don't have the right or the authority? Like just on a more basic daily level, how would you show up if you were royal? How would you feel wearing your clothes? It could be the same clothes that you're wearing right now. Like it doesn't have to mean all of a sudden you're wearing something magical. Like how can I not carry myself in the same way in a sweater and a skirt, As a true gown, might I make different choices in my style, seeing myself as that way, which doesn't mean that I get to wear all of the beautiful gowns that a Meghan Markle or a Kate Middleton is truthfully going to wear. But that's not what it's about to me. It's not about getting to wear the fancy gowns. It's how would you walk? What would your posture be like? Would you be rolling back your your shoulders? Would you be making eye contact? Would you be walking more slowly and decisively if you were wearing that gown? Is there a reason that that can't also carry over into getting yourself a new pair of jeans because the other ones are super stretchy and they still have the maternity waist from when you were pregnant? And actually, just a great pair of jeans from J. Crew or something that are maybe the same ones that Meghan Markle is wearing. Who knows? Are like, ah, oh, yeah, I look pulled together now. Now I look like the 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 polished chic mom that I want to be, yet still practical for the playground. (laughs) So can I not feel as elegant in a restaurant interacting with the waiter if it's not Michelin starred? Can there not be something of like, I mean, I'm just at Olive Garden, but can I not still carry myself with the same way that I would treat someone with respect and expect that I should be treated in return? I remember um, earlier this year, I met my neighbor just really briefly. We are in the hall and I think I was going in or she was coming out or something. In New York, it you rarely meet your neighbors because it's like in apartment buildings. It's just when you're going in or out. People aren't like hanging out on their, you know, front uh, front lawn or whatever. And we met briefly, but she made such an impression on me. She was almost regal was the word that I used to describe her to Jeremy. I said, "I met the most lovely woman." Her, um and she was almost regal. And I was so struck by her and she was obviously beautiful, but you meet a lot of beautiful people in New York to be honest. A lot of people here are models and actors. So I've met plenty of beautiful people who have a stunning face, but there isn't really much going on. Like I'm not really that impressed with them. So it wasn't that. I have no memory of what she was wearing. So it wasn't that. It was truly just the way she carried herself, just in The way that she said hello in the hallway and we talked for a few minutes. And I was just so captivated by her. Well, we become friends and come to find out she was Miss Africa. So she literally has been royalty. But here we live in the same apartment building. Her life isn't fancier. But she has worn fancy gowns. She has been to fancier places. She has truly Worn a crown on her head that someone else told her that she was worthy to wear. She carries a regal title with her for the rest of her life. <laughs> but she walked for water every day as a child in Africa. She had, you know, talks about having to wake up super early in the morning and how she hated how early her mom would make her wake up and how long it took to walk for water and how heavy the water was. She wasn't raised royal. She wasn't born into this and handed this, she chose it. She leaned into it. She claimed it. She took herself from this tiny African village to become someone who was wearing a crown on an international stage and was living in New York City. So whether this is a deep spiritual perspective, looking at someone who seems far off and a celebrity like an Amal Clooney, or just noticing what it is that captivates you of the woman who literally lives next door, I invite you today and as you're walking into a new year, a new decade, working your way through and implementing everything inside your Elegant Excellence Journal and the vision and the plans that you laid out, instead of thinking about what you want to do, what happens if you ask yourself who you want to be? Because We often believe that the pattern in life will be do, have, be. If I do these things, I will have these things, and then I will be these things. I need to do this work and work hard so I can have enough money to be happy, so I can have the nice house so that I can be someone who looks and feels successful. But the truth is that ultimately, The order is we need to be out of which we do and then we have. First we be, then out of that person we will do the actions that give us what we ultimately want. So I wonder if we approach looking at our goals where we want to start with what's everything I want to do? What's all of my accomplishments that I'm going to achieve this year? I'm going to check these things off. What do I want to have? What do I get that is the reason I am going after those goals and those accomplishments? I'm going to do this diet so I have less weight. Whatever it is that is on your list, weight loss is just a very common one at the beginning of the year, so that always comes to mind. But I would – wager that in your journal, you have a lot of that. Now, it's not all of that. If you've gone through the Elegant Excellence Journal, because this is my perspective, there is a lot also of who do we want to be? Who is that person? Who are we becoming? That is laced all throughout that. But at the core, the way that we set goals and, and habit shifts and projects for our life is based on what we want to do and accomplish or what we want to have and have attained. Much more than it is, who do we want to be? Who do you want to become this year? Who do you want to become in this next decade? What is the identity? Who are you becoming with your goals? What goals would someone who is that have? If I want to be royal, what kind of goals would someone who has the identity of a royal lay out? How would someone who is that act? How would they show up in their goals or in their schedule? You might want to become a healthier person or an entrepreneur. It might be a more specific, concrete, tangible word for you. It doesn't have to be as esoteric as mogul or royal. For you, it might be something that sounds actually much more like a traditional goal. I want to lose weight. I want to become someone who is healthier. But that in and of itself is shifting the mindset. It's saying, I am becoming someone who's healthier. How would someone who is healthier act? What choices and decisions would that person make? I am becoming an entrepreneur. I am becoming a successful entrepreneur. What goals would a successful entrepreneur set? How would that person show up in the world? How would that person... Act at this restaurant? What would that person wear? So it can still be a more specific goal oriented word, but it's the energy that shifts into seeing it as an identity and who you're becoming. For me, for a long time, my phrase was calm in a storm. In the Elegant Excellence Journal, one of the pages has you walk through anchoring phrases. And one of mine for years was I am someone who is calm in a storm. I was declaring that that is ultimately what I wanted someone to be able to say about me because I felt so far from that. Well, it can be really overwhelming if I had taken that and then said, okay, how would someone who is calm in a storm act? What What would they do? How would they be? That would have felt really overwhelming for me because I felt so far from that. Like, well, they certainly just wouldn't act the way I'm acting, but I couldn't figure out what did I shift to get there? But by staying focused on that identity, just vaguely in the background, I'm not saying that I wrote it on my mirror every single day, I actually did over the course of years take steps. It was slow. It was tiny. But I knew that that was the energy, essence, identity of who I wanted to become. And so I went to therapy and I read and I studied and I worked until I could notice that I was more that person. I was, I became healthy enough to have more self-awareness to admit when I wasn't to, you know, when I could have done something differently, there wasn't as much shame and failure that I was resisting. When you're really far, when you want to be at a 10 and you're at a zero, when you show up in that, you know, zero, one, two place, it's like you have such shame because you're so far away. You don't even want to admit it. We've talked about this here before. It's whether you are denying, owning, or changing your ish. When you are at a zero and you want to be at a 10, it's hard to – you just want to keep denying. That wasn't my fault. That was yours. No, I'm not overreacting. I'm not impatient. Like, wh- what are you talking about? That, that, that's your problem that you're having. As you become healthier and you get into owning it, you're able to say, okay, I, I am at a five more often. So today when I showed up as a two, yeah, that didn't feel good. It's hard to say it out loud, but you can start to say it to yourself. And then when you get to the changing, I was on a call recently with my executive coach and I was telling her, okay, just yesterday I showed up on a call like this and I didn't like it. And I was aware as I was saying it, I am being so honest with her about having not shown up as the high number in this analogy that I want to be because I'm confident now that I can change it. So I don't have any problem being like, yeah, I was kind of a five on that call because I know that more often these days I'm an eight. And I know I can be an eight, and I believe I can be an eight, and I'm seeing the fruit of that in my life. So if there is a identity and a word and a becoming that comes up for you, know that if it is very far from where you are right now, that's totally okay, and it's also totally normal for it to overwhelm you of, but I don't don't know what that person would do. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to start. I was in that place for years with someone who is calm in a storm. But I can tell you years later, it works and it's worth it. And it wasn't even until I sat down to think through this topic today that I realized, oh, I have had one of these words, one of these identities or becomings, you know, it was a phrase, but I've had this for years and it did help. It did give me a North Star that helped put me in that right direction. And then I heard a speaker recently, Louis Giglio, was talking about how We've been through two undefinable generations. That when you think back, you know, if, if everyone says, "Oh, we're having a '50s party," people know how to show up and dress for that. We're having a '70s party, a '90s party. What do you really do about the the early 2000s? You know, the, the 2000s. Maybe I don't even know what it's called. It, it feels like. How can we even define that? What 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 summed that up? What's the clothing? What's the style? And then we have the aughts of like. 2010 and on. It just, we, we didn't call it the 10s. The, the Even looking back, we say the 1910s. We don't just call it the 10s. We start to define the 1900s when we get to the 20s. And when you get to the 20s, there is a very specific ethos of the roaring 20s and art deco and jazz and style. When you ask people what their favorite decades are, does anyone say the 1910s? Does anyone say the 1900s? (laughs) Honestly, we start with the 1920s of what we really loved. And then people will say 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right? You can think about what those styles are, what was happening in culture. And so he said, there really is something in going into a definable decade. And as soon as he said the roaring 20s, the thought popped into my head the royal 20s, the royal 2020s. I can create a new culture. In my life, just like there was a new culture that is identified with the 20s from 100 years ago, I can look back in my life decades from now and say, oh, there was a vibe about the 20s. There was a culture, a style, an ethos. I can shift my identity, not as in I'm becoming a new or a different person, but just someone who sees themselves differently. Maybe you are no longer someone with a traumatic childhood or the chubby girl or divorced or a hot mess. I don't know what your story is. It doesn't mean that you're a different weight or that past marriage never happened, but you're setting goals, visions, plans, seeing your year and living your days and seeing yourself as a different defining word. That if there has been some way you have seen yourself in the past, you are now able to see yourself through a different lens and find a new word or phrase that works for you. If what you've been saying over yourself hasn't worked, maybe it's been negative. Maybe you're saying something negative, or maybe you haven't realized that it was negative. When I realized I needed to be more confident, I didn't, I didn't realize I was being unconfident. I wasn't walking around thinking, gosh, I sure am insecure. But there were definitely thoughts in there that were breeding a lack of confidence that needed to be called out. So find the one that works for you. Ponder it as you go through your Elegant Excellence journal, as you listen to episode 33 in Unlocking Your Dreams. You can go back and look at your notes from that episode. Or if you listened on the go, you can slow down and look at that again. Give yourself some time. I, again, Would never have my like word of the year on January 1. I don't know if I've ever had a word of the year before. I haven't really been that person, but don't put pressure on yourself that just because I have my vision, you have to have yours. Or you are more than welcome to join me in sharing my vision that this is the royal 20s. It won't change everything or change overnight. You'll forget for a month and then find the note that you made on your notes app on your phone while listening to this podcast. And that's okay, that it will come back to you. I am more calm in a storm than I was four years ago. And I am becoming more of that. I can see that just in the last few weeks of my life. I see myself more as royalty, as crowned with confidence than I did just a few months ago, which makes me believe that, With each growth iteration, we can evolve a little more quickly. Maybe it won't take me years this time, but I also see that it really is an ongoing journey. I haven't suddenly arrived, but it's a new color that I'm adding into my life. Not only am I someone who is calm in the storm, I am someone who is crowned with confidence. So I find ways to add this to my life, whether that's putting post-it note places or writing it on my hand throughout the day. Sometimes I'll do that. I might buy a piece of jewelry that reminds me of it. Um, Honestly, the photos from our wedding help. um, Use those to play out your own story in your head. Insert yourself into those photos. Um, If you've not seen them, I will link that below. But at our family wedding in well, actually both our weddings, now that I think about it, I was thinking about the Cartagena ones, but our elopement last year to the south of France, we were on a on a hilltop in front of the ruins of an old castle from the 16th century. Maybe it is something like that. You picture that you live in this little village. You're kind of the Meghan Markle or the Amal Clooney that's sort of, you know, out in in this tiny village, sort of hidden from everyone. And that gives you that royal feeling that, you know, you could be out and about with no one else around on this Um, on this hilltop and you've got the castle in the background and all of that. But I was thinking about our um, Cartagena family wedding from 2019 that when we got up early in the morning and we're walking around just Jeremy and I as the streets were starting to come alive, the people of Cartagena love a wedding. And as you've seen, my dress was pretty epic. So I think it stood out even far and above what they are traditionally used to seeing there. And I felt like a royal. I mean, people joke that uh, Jeremy looks like Prince Harry, but it's like people were applauding and they were reaching their hand out to us. Little girls were chasing after us and like begging to take their picture picture with us and wiping away tears from their eyes because it was like they'd seen a real life princess. And then coming out of the church, there was a crowd that had gathered. They had actually gathered before I arrived at the church, and then they, they stayed outside through the entire ceremony, which was like almost an hour long. They stayed there watching and waiting and just observing. And again, I would imagine to them the level of our bridesmaids, dresses, and our bouquets, it felt to them like a royal wedding, like there was something heightened that they were witnessing. And then when you come out of the church in Cartagena, there are these traditional Uh, women in these beautiful white dresses that are swishing back and forth, and there's men that are drumming. And when we came out, because the street was so narrow, there wasn't... It, there wasn't anywhere for Jeremy and I to go. It also had built up because the girls were trying to bustle my train and they were having trouble. So you've got this, these drummers going and they're sort of building up momentum and momentum. And we'd given all of our guests maracas to shake and confetti to throw. So we walk out of the church to just this like celebration. All these strangers are holding up cell phones and we've got, you know, 100, 200 people packed in this semicircle in the street. There's nowhere for Jeremy and I to go. So we're just dancing around in the middle of, of a circle of all of these strangers and our family and friends because we can't even figure out how to get out. Eventually, it, the, the crowd separates and the drummers start to lead us through. And you lead a parade through town to your venue. If you have seen the one minute trailer of our wedding, um, which I will link below, you've gotten a little taste of this. We haven't even seen our wedding video yet, but when we get it, I will share it with you. But those 15 minutes of leading that parade were, I'm gonna get choked up now. I mean, that was the most joyful experience of my life. Like the look on Jeremy and I's faces, we could not be any happier. We're just, are you kidding me? We're flipping leading a parade. Like I'm wearing a Monique Lulier gown and we have dancers and we have musicians and people in bright colors. I mean, just like, what who who lives this what what is this life but there that was a a royal moment and that is a story that you can look at those photos you can watch those videos and you can insert yourself into that because do you know what I didn't get that because my dad is someone famous or because I was born into something I'm I, everyone's like oh I didn't or not everyone people are like oh I didn't know you guys were were Colombian I was like we're not no, we just found this magical place and we wanted to go get married there. Like you didn't have to be Colombian to have this magical tradition. I didn't even know this tradition existed until I found this place that I didn't even know existed until I Googled. And 10 years ago, I would never have dreamed that I would have the kind of wedding that I had. But I started a business because I just didn't want to cater anymore. (laughs) And I just needed to do something that used my brain. I had no idea that I was building all of this. And so that might be the thing that to you, feels like that royal, you know, picture. For me, it is Amal Clooney, or it is my beautiful neighbor. You can see a few new photos on my Instagram today as I lean into this idea of the royal 20s. But I invite you to share in this idea if it resonates with you or find whatever becoming or identity it is that does. This vision for me that more of us would be crowned with confidence for myself that I am who God says I am. I am a daughter of the king or whatever language or story resonates with you, that we are invited. We have more access. And I'm well aware of the sort of first world nature of this. And I just wanna emphasize that I don't mean having things, having status as it seems on an outside level. I mean, the respect we give ourselves with the thoughts we have today, the dignity that we give ourselves, the power that we give ourselves, that this truly is about the confidence that we have in showing up in the world, whatever our personal story or limitations may be, That we truly all would acknowledge in this decade the beautiful magical power of our thoughts we go deeper on this in the wand exercise inside the elegant excellence journal and i truly believe that that serves us no matter where we are in financial situations in social situations that ultimately this is about that kernel within all of us that as a women desires to feel beautiful as men desires to feel strong, as humans desires to feel worthy, and that we would have the confidence to show up in this new decade, crowned with that confidence and vision of who we truly are. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S., something I'm loving lately is that our home is done. Now, I am a creative director, so when I say that our home is done, What I mean is that I've looked at every single little corner and I've been like, these are the coffee table books that go here. And this is the candle that I want here. And this is the throw that goes. And this photo is framed. And I am unsubscribing from all of the home decor emails. And I am untagging all of the things that I have saved on Instagram. And I am no longer in the mindset of, oh, yeah, I'm decorating a home. I should be on the lookout for things. For me, I was so exhausted from wedding planning because. Yes, like a not normal person. I had two weddings. So that meant double the wedding planning. And again, I'm a creative director. So my version of a wedding is 10 times as complicated as what a quote normal person's version of a wedding is. But I didn't know that I was such a weirdo. So I didn't hire the super fancy wedding planner that the people who know they're fancy go out and hire because I'm not fancy. I just have, you know, champagne taste and a champagne eye. So I'm going to come up with you know, a, a multimillion dollar wedding as far as the details, but I'm just going to be like, oh, but we're doing it on this budget. And I'm sure this event planner, you know, this wedding planner is going to be able to pull that off. So anyways, I was exhausted from wedding planning and the chaos of all of that. And I had the wisdom that my last apartment took me way too long. It took me two years to finish decorating it. And it just became this project that was constantly hanging over my head. And then a couple years later, I made the same mistake with wedding planning, that it just, I bit off more than I could chew and it became this never-ending project. So when we moved in here, I told myself I was going to be done in three months. That was my goal. We were headed to France for the summer and, or for a chunk of the summer, I was going to be done before we left. Yeah, that didn't happen. It took seven instead of three, like welcome to life, but nonetheless, I just adjusted. And I was like, okay, it's not going to be done by leaving for France. Great. It will be done by... Thanksgiving, that was my next goal. And then it was, okay, the The painting got delayed and the rug got delayed and okay, it will be done by our holiday party, which was on December 14th. That is when it will officially be done because I truly just wanted to get to a place where Jeremy and I no longer had a personal project that was kind of hanging over our nights and our weekends. It has been two and a half years of our life now. Yeah, I think it's maybe been two and a half years of our life, two, two. Anyways, it's been a long time since we have not had something that was like our list on the weekends of, okay, what do we need to accomplish? So the home is beautiful and I will be sharing more of it with you in the new year, especially now that I have shared with you my wedding, since we do have a lot of wedding photos around. So I was always kind of being intentional about like, oh, I haven't shared that yet, so I'm not going to... um. Put that out there and hopefully it will inspire you and I will be able to answer some questions that you have to make your own home more homey. You will already find some of that over on Instagram from the holidays when I was doing some decor tutorials and such. But for me, home is everything. You know, I was on the road for years as an actor when I had no home. I lived out of two suitcases for two years, first as a broad- on a Broadway tour and then with the Radio City Rockettes. And then I would leave every Christmas season for three months with the Rockettes so I was on the road a lot and didn't have that home. And then when I was here, there was instability uh, as an actor. When When is my next job going to come? How am I going to pay the rent? So that wasn't necessarily like this great peaceful season either. If you were in the city, it meant you weren't working. So there was sort of this, this tension. Um, I had roommates and there was seasons when you know that was tumultuous or when i was single and i was proud to have my own apartment but ultimately would have loved for someone to be there with me every time i've moved in the last 8 years since running my business my business has grown every time i've seen that it for me energetically affects kind of a leveling up of my life and you know i mentioned earlier that i have lived with mice um i had a really traumatic situation at one point in my life when I lived with, I don't even like to say it, so I'll just spell it, C-O-C-K-R-O-A-C-H-E-S. But I truly like, I just didn't believe that I could financially afford anything else. So I stayed there way longer than someone should stay there. So that is to say that for me, home is so visceral and it's so important. And you may be like, Oh, I got married at 22 and I live in Tulsa where rent is cheap. So I've had this beautiful home with my amazing husband and my kids, and everything's been so, so steady and stable. And that is amazing. But for those of you that haven't had that, my wish is for you to feel more at home this year. That as a royal, your home is a palace and it might be a cozy one, it might be really tiny. And it's reframing that thought to I have a cozy. Safe home. It might be remote. Maybe that is part of your story. You know, I think Megan and Harry live out in a little village, and I'm pretty sure George and Amal live someplace super remote. That might be part of it. Oh, why do we live out here in this rural area? Well, it's because we're royal, so we cho- we chose to live remotely. Um, or it might be filled with kids that are an a blessing and a an abundance and life, and it is reframing that to instead of I have this chaotic, messy house because I have all these kids. It's no, I'm I'm a royal. This is abundance and this is life and this is legacy that is in this home. Or it might be you and thus totally your own. And that language is around. I uh, this is my my palace and I get to decide if I want it to be organized and if I want it to be colorful or if I want it to be all white or if I want it to be quiet. Like there is a strength in that. It might be with roommates. You might be in a season in which You are focusing on a future season when you're you're built which you're building right now, as you're growing your career, you're growing your business. I have some friends that are living with roommates and and they aren't happy about it. It does not make them feel royal, but maybe right now is the story you are writing for that season that is to come. And you are casting that vision for three years from now where you're going to be, but you're going to start showing up as that now, and it will therefore get you there more quickly. I hear a lot of stories in the applications for our Elegant Excellence Mastermind and in my DMs from women who feel unsafe in their home, whether that is a abusive relationship, um... Physically or um, more often emotionally, whether there is manipulation that is happening, whether there is a situation with parents that feels emotionally unhealthy and unsafe and manipulative, but someone can't afford to get out on their own or has guilt for not taking care of their parents. For those of you in those hard seasons, I pray that this year your home life is safe and that you find You find those ways, whether it is lighting more candles or having the confidence to go for the promotion that gives you the freedom to move. But I hope that my physical home, as I share it this year, and my virtual home here and on Instagram, in my mastermind and the courses that I host, my hope is that my physical and virtual homes can be a safe harbor. And an inspiration for you this year of what is possible and that you can feel more and more in home in your own spaces in life. So as a reminder, I am teaching two workshops tomorrow and Friday. Swipe up and the content in those will help head you in that direction, whatever your calling, career or stage in life And I specifically, if you are an entrepreneur, you will not want to miss this teaching, but there is something for everyone in those two classes. So I cannot wait to see you live. And I am so honored to spend more of this first week of the year kicking off time together. I'll see you there with Grace and Gumption. Till next Wednesday.